Welcome to Jewish History with Rabbi David Katz, connecting the human side to Jewish history. For sponsorship opportunities or to support this podcast, please visit our donate page at www.support.rabbidavidkatz.com. There is a famous story about a violent demonstration by communists in New York City. The police came and started to beat them up. Someone shouted, don't hit me, I'm an anti-communist. To which the policeman replied, I don't care what kind of a communist you are, I'm going to beat you up. Something like this really happened last week to a friend of mine. Perhaps you read about it in the papers. My friend is a professor in a prominent university, Ashomer Shabbos and a person of outstanding integrity, and a wonderful human being. What do I mean by wonderful human being? Well, in this day and age of radical political polarization, people can't be friends with others who disagree with them on politics and culture. If you are, for example, pro-Trump, you will have no friends on the opposite side of the spectrum. They'll consider you a shut of a Supporting Trump is not a position a decent person can hold, they will assert. And vice versa. If you support, say, Barack Obama, you're an anti-Semite and a traitor to the Jewish people and support the destruction of Israel. So I cannot have anything to do with you. Be gone. Rare are the exceptions to this rule. My friend and I are one pair of exceptions. My friend is politically a strong Israeli leftist. He supports a Palestinian state, for example. He has reasons. To me, this sounds horrifically dangerous. This is a strong disagreement. And yet it does not affect our friendship because people are more than just their politics. At least I think so. Some people are in any event. And one can be friends despite stridently divergent views. As a strong Israeli leftist and a Shemeshavis, my friend, an internationally renowned academic, regularly lectures around the world with his yarmulke in all kinds of countries, no matter how anti-Semitic. Three weeks ago, he told me he was going to Germany to deliver a lecture. I said, in the university over there you can wear your kippah, but not on the street in Germany. I would advise you to wear a hat of some kind. No, no, he replied. He wears his kippah everywhere. I mean, everywhere. And he never has any trouble. Not in Europe, not in Asia, not in Muslim neighborhoods in France. I just shook my head. Good luck to you, buddy. Since it is the nine days... What I feared came to pass. My friend was walking in a German city with an academic colleague, and a Palestinian Arab came over to the pair and started screaming and cursing the one with the yarmulke in colorful language, German and Arabic uh, mishabayrachs, full of four-letter words. But it wasn't just verbal. He knocked the kippah off my friend's head. My friend explained to him that he, as an Israeli leftist, actually sympathized with the plight of the Palestinian people, victims of Zionist dispossession, and that he was politically on the guy's side against the evil Bibi gang that fascistically runs the state of Israel. But it was all to no avail. All the Palestinians saw was a Jew with a kippah. I don't care what kind of a communist you are, even an anti-communist. My friend defended himself and put his yarmulke back on, but the Arab did it again. My friend eventually tried to stop the Arab assailant with a strategic kick south of the Rio Grande, 
But again, to no avail. Again and again, the kippah was knocked off, replaced and knocked off. All to shouts of, no Jews in Germany, Jews get out of Germany. In other words, he, the Palestinian, is entitled by morality to be in Germany, but not any Jew. Meanwhile, the other professor called the police. When the cops showed up, the Arab fled. And the police proceeded to beat up my friend, the guy with the yarmulke. I mean, they really beat him up, like Germans in a World War II movie. He couldn't even shout, I'm the wrong guy, I'm the victim. You see, it was a natural impulse. The German cops saw a guy with a yarmulke. They knew somebody was guilty of something. It's got to be the Jew. Look, this is not exactly the first time this has happened in German history, right? As the German cop was screaming at him, we'll show you what the German police can do. My friend replied, actually, I kind of know that already. German cops like you murdered my grandparents in 1943. Eventually, when he was taken to the police station, they realized they got the wrong guy. Not only that, they had beaten up a big professor known around the world. What happened next? Operation CYA. As is the case with bureaucrats everywhere. We are very, very sorry. And anyway, it was your fault, you know. And of course, they're right. A Jew in Germany who publicly wears kippah is a criminal, right? Right? When I read this story a week ago, and I and realized it was my friend, I bit my lip and I said to myself, Al tiftach pele sotan. Why do I have to warn him of trouble with the yarmulke in Germany, especially during the nine days? However, when you think about it, the story is illustrative of two themes of this sad time in the Jewish calendar. There was a story, this was a story of the manifestation of two exiles, as understood in classic rabbinic thought, Golis Yishmael and Golis Edom. The Arab could not stand the kippah on the head. Wearing a yarmulke in this day and age, in our times, is an expression of Jewish pride and non-subservience. And Yishmael demands subservience. Jewish subservience is actually a principle of the Islamic faith. Look it up. When Jews lived under Islam, they were required by Islamic law to publicly accept inferior status, even to wear special clothing denoting inferiority. So this Palestinian was reacting to what he perceived correctly as an assertion of Jewish pride. Jewish pride publicly displayed, was intolerable to him. Golis Hishmoel. The German cops, on the other hand, were acting like Edom, like Aesop. They see a guy wearing a kippah. They act out of cultural habit. They know somebody has to be hit, so they do the Jewish guy. They do not see a university professor. They do not see a non-aggressive individual. They see a kippah. And they see a Yaakov deserving of destruction. Oh, after it blows over, they apologize, as Aesop and Yaakov eventually embraced and kissed. The veneer of civilization is restored. But for a violent moment, the Aesop behind the veneer is flashed. I think my friend was yotzed in nine days. He can even be in Tishabo. He gets it, but of course he won't. You see, it is a privilege for a healthy Jew to join the link to our ancestors and fast on our National Day of Remembrance. Who would give that up for a couple of bums in Germany? For sponsorship opportunities or to support this podcast, please visit our donate page at www.support.rabbidavidkatz.com.